They tell me you're a man with true grit. Podcast tonight. It's time to drop the hammer on this episode, and we got my old buddy Pat back tonight. I'm your host, Shane Davis, former IMCA Bonafide National Champion, and my sidekick, Pat Moore. Hey, Shane, I'm glad to be here. I've been away for a couple of weeks, and, and uh, I'm glad to be back. All right, man. Uh, hopefully that rain stays away and your son doesn't have any more games that are uh, uh, rescheduled to Monday night, and we can get this thing going. You know, I had I had the schedule set up perfectly so that I could be here every Monday, and then we went for about 10 straight days with rain, and all of a sudden that wrecked havoc on, on not only racing schedules but also baseball as well, unfortunately. But I'm glad to be back and, and ready to get at it tonight. Sure. And we've got our esteemed guest, the great Terry Hurst. Yep. Terry, it's great to have you on the show. I'm just so happy to be here. All right. Well, hey, we're going to cover a couple of things before we get to you, Terry and Pat. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for tonight's sponsor, Dunright TV, for, for supporting our Dunright True Grit podcast. Dunright has a variety of products and services like Dunright Racing Pay-Per-View. They simulcast racing from a multitude of racetracks all across our area both live and they also have video replays, which are a great way for uh, fans and racers alike to check out racing, both of theirs and other places around. So please feel free to check it out on DunrightTV.com, as well as internet, video production, smart home and security techni- uh, technology. Our, <coughs> our, um, our mentor, Kelly, if I remember correctly, is away right now doing one of those uh, smart um technology and security installs um, out of the office right now. So again, thank them for uh, supporting our channel and making this possible. All right. Hey, we got a lot of news to talk about tonight. First off, uh, coming up this weekend, you know, we're at Davenport Speedway. We're going to have the Hoker Trucking East uh, Super Late Models in town. 5,000 win late models, 1,000 win mods. It's going to be a draw, redraw show, so you don't have to worry about, you know, starting in a bad position because you're behind end points. Uh, Pit gates are going to open at 3 o'clock Friday. Grandstand at 5, and we'd love to see you there. For more information, go to DavenportSpeedway.com. And we got Father's Day coming up this weekend, too, so happy Father's Day, Pat. Likewise. Happy right. Father's Day to you, buddy. Right. Appreciate it. Man, we had a lot of great weeks in, uh, going on last weekend. Did you get a chance to watch any uh, that stuff that uh, was happening out of Eldora? Wow, yes, I did. Uh, right. Five straight days of, of racing, uh, four nights in a row at the Dream at Eldora, um, I got to watch, actually, I got to watch every single race, as well as the USAC Midgets. They were, uh, I think, six straight days of racing just last week and a couple of weeks before. But, yes, the Dirt Late Model Dream was Saturday night. 100 lappers, $167,000 to win, if I remember correctly, 163 dollars um, It was a great race. Uh, Daryl Lanigan led the first 68 laps. One of his own cars, he actually found one of his own cars and rebuilt it and led the first 68 laps and looked really good. Chris Madden um, uh, then came and and, and uh, had a really good duel the last 20 laps or so with the eventual winner, Brand, um, uh, 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 Brandon Overton. Uh, he actually won all four days in a row, 260-some thousand dollars he, he won four nights in a row at Eldora. Man, that's my new best friend. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I tell you what, he was absolutely on a tear. Brand new uh, Longhorn chassis. 
he was really on on absolute rails, absolute rails. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Larson actually got to run the late model all last weekend as well. Wow, that guy's so amazing. He, yes, he ran there four nights in a row and then went and ran the NASCAR race last night, the NASCAR All-Star race in Texas, won a million dollars. Won a million dollars. I mean, you know, what kind of guy is that? I mean, that guy has been amazing this year. He's just been on a tear all year, and he can drive anything. With wheels you know, on. one of the cool things about him, love him or hate him, one of the cool things about a guy like that is he's a racer. Uh, last, you know, this last weekend is a testament to that. You know, rather than doing vacation stuff or taking a day off, he raced late model four days in a row, jumped on a plane, flew down there, ran the all-star race, won. And I just saw tonight he's running the Ohio Speed Weeks in a sprint car oh all week long. So, How do you like that? And I tell you what, in his press conference, he actually said last night after winning the NASCAR race, thankfully Brennan Overton was not there last <laughs> night, otherwise he would have won. <laughs> I like that. Hey, uh, you can check out all the race results on iowaracingnews.com. And uh, just wanted to give uh, Spencer Dirks props. Uh, was gone for a couple of weeks, had some health issues, made it back last Friday night, uh, picks off the modified feature win. I mean, my God, you'd never know he was out of the race car for a couple of weeks, but the way he got that thing around the racetrack, and then Justin Kai, Lion Farmer, picked off late model win Friday How night. About that that? Another great show. Yeah. Another great show. Um, out in Stafford, Connecticut, the brand new series, the Superstar Racing Experience, the SRX series. It's a brand new uh, series that was live on CBS. It's created by both Ray Evernham and Tony Stewart. They had opening night Saturday night, had a great show, standing room only out at Stafford, Connecticut. A uh, modified ace, uh, Doug Colby, ended up bringing home the win. That's one of their elements is it's nothing but superstars plus local hot shoes. Doug Colby actually knocked off all of the hot shoes and won. Wow. Yeah, it was a, like another that. great race. Greg Biffle ran second. Tony Stewart ran third. And uh, they have their second show this coming Saturday at Knoxville. Great. Well, hey, if you're listening to the show out there, make sure and share it on your own page. Uh, share it on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, share it wherever you can, and that'll help us out with our numbers. Babe. Yep. Make sure you like and share. And and as Shane said, make sure you share it on on uh, on your local uh, or your, your personal, uh, personal uh, social media. Terry, it's time to get to you. How you doing? I'm okay. All right. Enjoying all the input. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, what we want to talk about, we're going to roll the clock back. We're going to go way back to 1984. You had Midwest Fabrication. Uh, Mike Cothran won that IMCA Modified National Championship. But uh, IMCA was a little different back then. Today, they take your top 30 finishes, and, you know, the guy with most feature wins out of 30 is your national champion. But back then... We had to do a little traveling, didn't we? We did a lot of traveling. And and tell me the numbers there, Terry. How many nights did you guys race in '84? We, we ran that car, as I remember, about ninety-seven nights, okay. and it was all the way from Minnesota to Oklahoma to out in Indiana. It was just we were on the road every weekend. Oh my God! Now Mike was probably working a full-time job. Was he working for you at that time, Terry? Mike was working for me as a welder. Okay. And, uh, uh, chassis up during the day and we'd race on the weekends and if we left a lot of times if we were going to leave early in the afternoon we'd start at six so we could still have the work to do yeah and then we had to be back there monday morning to open the shop up now a lot of people had uh your race cars i remember jim matlin had a midwest fabrication car uh jeff morris had a midwest fabrication car there was a lot of them out there and you know, that, uh, to win that national title was uh, pretty important back then. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about back then. Today they got crate motors, 
And so, you know, it makes life a little different. But boy, you guys sold a ton of motors back in 1984. In 84, through that season, we sold 10 motors. They had a $300 claim on them, and uh, that's what they sold for. Yeah. And so, you were buying them where? I had I went down to Gustav down at the uh, automotive. Yeah. And that, and I was buying the motors from him. He was doing the motors, something you know, not, not putting a lot of money in them, cheap pistons, you know, just a stock motor with some pistons and rings, and we were paying him 500, 550 in that neighborhood. Yeah. And, and and of course the claim back then, I think it was three hundred and fifty dollars. Fifty went to the record driver for pulling it out. Yeah. And you got three hundred. We got three hundred. That, uh, so you lost money every time a motor got Well, claimed. we felt we were really competitive in that car. And, oh, my God, you guys and, were. Uh, we felt we had to win two two nights, run up front two nights, and that would make enough motor that when we sold for 300 it was a break-even. Yeah. We didn't lose any money. Now, Thomas, we may have a picture of that car. That was the M1 car, the white car, and that was modified that, uh, uh, that they won the national championship in. And there it is. There you go, Terry, right there. Uh, we're looking at it on the screen over there. You can probably see it behind me. Oh, I can yeah. see it behind you. Okay. B&H used cars and parts. Uh, Junkyard <laughs> was an important sponsor back in the day. Because, you know, we talked earlier. I had E&J Metal that sponsored me. They had, I'm not kidding you, a mountain that was 50 foot high that, that had engines in it. And uh, Larry Shappett said, hey, you can have any of those motors you want. So I would climb that mountain, and I'm looking for 010 blocks because I want four-bolt main steel crank, uh, small block Chevys. And literally, I mean, I'm rolling these Hemis. Get out of my way, Hemi. <laughs> rolling Hemis down that hill. And, you know, they're probably all ground up over in China and been made into something by now. But but we want the small block Chevys. So having a sponsor like B&H was very important back then. Well, I'm going to tell you the sponsor. I look at that, and that's something that uh, Mike put together. Okay. And that, uh, I mean, I didn't have anything to do with the sponsorship that went on the car. In fact, I don't re recognize B&H or uh, I just don't recognize them. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, uh, you know, it, Mike's probably my age, probably about 62 years old, but he was one of the top modified drivers uh, back in the day. He was just getting started and that, uh, I, I got to tell you a story about Mike and that. And so... We were racing Oskaloosa one night, and Chandler was was, comp Chandler. was yeah. uh, a competition for us at that time. And I think he took Mike out oh like boy. three times. Yeah. And so I just, I mean, I was just livid, you know, <laughs> because he didn't retaliate. Right. You know, and so Chandler came over to the car and, and, you know, and started apologizing. I says, hey, Merv, it's like this. You, you know, if you touch the car again, I'll guarantee you who will be driving it next week. <laughs> and, 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 and it won't be Mike. And it won't be Mike. Yeah. And I just was so upset, you know, set with Mike because he didn't retaliate. I know Mike came in the next day yeah. and says, I can't do that again. Sure. You, you just got to cut me more slack. Okay. But, but then later in that, we were running Peoria and I was running a late model and he was running a late model. Okay. And he bladed a lap car down into me that took my right front off and put me into the tire and took the left front off. And we're in the pay window. And he says, is that aggressive enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, uh, so Terry, IMCA, Keith Kanak comes around with, uh, you know, a bunch of old clunkers, I remember. And he's handing out these sheets of paper. It says you can go racing for under $1,000. And so we're building modifieds, and I mean that thing really started 
taken off and it exploded. At that time, were you also building the Tri-City buggy cars out of Midwest um, Fab? No. Uh, we had, uh, I had actually sold Tri-City, or uh, I had told Tri-City Fab okay. to Gary Oliver. All so right. he was doing the cars. Okay. And I opened up Midwest Fabrication. Okay. And then that was what Midwest Fabrication was building the IMCA cars. And I also had gone down to Ray Callahan Bullet, and that, and I was building the Bullet cars. Oh, and them and things were fast. He allowed me to do that. And so sure. we, we built Bullet cars up here, both tube, uh, round tube cars and square tube cars. And I did that for like about three years Okay, with Ray. Now, Gary Webb had a Bullet at one time. Yeah. You know, he, he had a buggy car. I don't know that he ever had a bullet car. I remember the buggy car because I remember the fifth design. How was that one that was real radically offset, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, seeing that, uh, it was just, you know, probably one of the most radical cars, probably one of the best selling cars for Gary Oliver. Because back in the day when we're talking about Tri City Buggy Terry, they were probably. One of the top chassis manufacturers in the United States had dealers all across the United States. I built a lot of cars for them. A lot of cars. Yeah. And they were right there in Rock Island, Illinois. And one of them, uh, the Flintstone Flyer, yep. Mike Duvall, he drove those cars. I remember he'd come to town. And then Chrissy was running out at uh, Tippin at that time. And, mm -hmm. you right. know, it, it wouldn't be unusual to see one of the top drivers like a Mike Duvall out there at Tipton because he's waiting to pick up parts or a car right. or you know, whatever it may be. Won a lot of big races, too. Yeah, he did. So uh, the Tri-City buggy cars, uh, Terry, you're building those chassis. And Gary had some guys that have gone on to find great success. Mike Cothron is one of them working down there. Uh, Dale Fishline, you know, he worked down there at Buggy. Uh, do you remember some of the other people who were there at that time, Terry? Uh, not really. Annette, uh, I didn't have... Our shops were apart, and that, and so I would, you know, talk on Gary and on the phone, yeah, and and say, you know, and he'd say, "Hey, we we need three cars, or building three cars." And so many times the cars went to people because I'd deliver them, and then I was back to my shop, you know, working with the the people I had working for me, building more cars. So I didn't even know where they went a lot of the times. We got a shot of you sitting in the TR1 late model back in the day. It's red, and you're sitting in there, uh, you know. In fact. We'll move on from that. That's a Tom Hurst uh, picture, but uh, we'll get to the red car. There you go, one of the TR1 cars. Now, that was when they were still how Tri-City buggy cars. Exactly. Okay, so evidently Ed Howe had a little uh, uh, little roll in maybe. You know, I don't, at that time that we built that car, he was still associated with Howe, but I, we were duplicating everything. Yeah. Um, was Howell stuff when I jigged up to do the cars. It was Howell's stuff I was jigging off of. Yeah, and that. So I mean, that's that's how that went. You know? Very cool. When when I remember you, Terry, every car you had was absolutely flawless. I mean, you know, the pop rivets had to be a certain distance apart, and the, the race car just looked beautiful. Now you're running Grove Motors back then. Did you were you pretty happy with the Grove well, engines? Absolutely. The, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was I left Grove. Yeah. to go with another motor. When we look back at the years that we had success, it was always the years that we had quality motors. Okay. If we went to somebody and that, and we had a poor year, the motors weren't doing what they were. All right. Now that car there, Terry, 
you know, we talked about the different suspensions and uh, the evolutions that happened in uh, late model racing. Is that like a monoleaf car we're looking at right now? That's a monoleaf car. Now, did you float the, the rear end on the monos? You had them clamped no, down? No, had them clamped down. Now, the brakes, were they welded solid to the housing, or did you float the brake brackets? No, they were welded solid to the housing. Welded solid. So, I mean, they're very simple. And was that a Reese uh, bar car back then? No, I think, I think, I believe that car was probably a lift bar. Had a lift, lift bar. bar nice. Okay. But, man, you know, you talk about simple. When you run those monoleafs, you can take a shot in the left rear, and, you know, you're going to finish the race. They're so forgiving. They are. I mean, they're, they're just really, really forgiving suspension. Okay. So uh, we can kind of move forward a little further now. Uh, we're at uh, Maquoketa Speedway. Now, this picture here, I want to talk about this. That's Tom uh, Hurst in the 38 Key Simmons car. Now, with that being a TCB car, would that have been the era that you were still building cars? We were, I, I built the, the, the cars for Tom Hurst. And Tom Hurst, he went on to win the uh, you know national championship in NASCAR. Right. Yep. You know, which today it, it or most recently it was called the NASCAR Dodge Weekly National Championship. But that would have been one of the buggy cars. Had a big Tri City buggy on a quarter panel, and Greg Carlson had to paint that thirty eight on there because he did. always had that paint fading from one yeah. color to another. And I always remember. Your TR1s being that way, and I, I just thought it was the neatest thing ever. And that car, uh, you know, they went all over the United States and ran late model with that thing and won races. I did share a story with you with Tom Hurst, and we were at Davenport, and so, and Keith was building the motors for the thing, and so we're parked right side by side. I mean, the cars were, they're identical. It's the same thing, he was running the same thing I was running. Okay. And so anyway, they brought a motor. And so they changed the motor and that, and I think they went out in the heat and they broke another motor. Oh boy. And that, wow. and they're chasing that national championship. Sure. So I went over to Tom, you know, and I, I think they had another motor and that, and we had a Grove. That's, we had a Grove in our car. And I says, why don't you just get in my car and run my car, you know? And so I can't, re I think, I don't remember the guy that was doing his setup. Okay. And that little short guy. And he came over and, that, and, he, and, he, and he said, what are you running for stagger? What are you running for shocks? What are you running for gear? And then he walked around and did the, we can do this. And, and he said, well, you got to start in the back. Right. You know, and I, so I said, Tom, I said, the only thing I want to know is don't touch the title tail. Okay. Don't touch the title tail. You want to know what kind of art I want to And so he came in and you know what? what? He ran that car five to 600 more 100 RPM more than I was capable of running. Really? He started in the back, and in 10 laps, he had the lead, and he won by a straightaway. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Man, I'd say you're onto something at that point. I'm, I'd say you're well, onto something. Well, he was something. a driver. I mean, sure. I, I was a builder, and I did that. You know, and I, I won some races in that, but I was never the quality that a Tom Hurst or Roger Dolan or or just uh, Ray Gus Jr. Yeah. Those guys just have, have something. They have that special, you know, it's like Kyle Larson. We were talking about that yeah. a while ago. And Pat, he's just got that, uh, you know, innate ability to climb from, uh, you know, a dirt track car to a sprint car to a late model to a, to a cup car. Right. Uh, all these different weights, different tires, different everything. And man, he's just in tune with that car. Yep, that, that's that's a true racer right there. It and, is, and it's a, it's it, they only come along maybe once in a generation. I remember Tony Stewart when he was coming up, he was the same way. You know, he'd run a late model up in Wisconsin on a Thursday night, jump in a sprint car on Friday night, 
he'd jump in something different, a midget or something on Saturday, and then he'd run an Indy car at that time on Sunday. Um, and then when he got in NASCAR, it was, you know, obviously he, you know, he was a, a, a true superstar in NASCAR as well. Sure, sure. So uh, uh, fast forward a little uh, further up than that, Terry, you would always, you know, when you sold your cars, you got top money out of them. I mean, they were just, they were like show cars whenever you'd send them down the road. And, uh, you know, that was one thing that I always admired too. And, you know, your red car, you know, the guys that show up to run late model and, you know, you'd have your wheels polished where they look like chrome and the car was just a showpiece. Everything like, first class. You ain't going to race that thing, are you? So, but it's an, so it's it kind of an intimidation it, factor, it intimidate, right? It intimidates the people. It's, I remember the, the one sl red slab car. It's the car right after the one you showed. Okay. And uh, it was true slab car. But uh, the rear spoiler was 80 inches wide. Wow. 80 inches 80 wide. 80 inches, yeah. I remember going to Corning with it and that, and NASCAR, or not, yeah, it was NASCAR at the time. Right. And that, and... And Wilson come over and he says, you can't run that. And I said, I've been running it all over. And he said, well, we're not going to let you run. Okay. And then I'm arguing with him and arguing with him. And that and my boy, who is Matt now, my oldest boy, he, he's already back to the truck. And okay. Then, and he looks at it and says, hey, that's a piece of cake. And he takes and he drills out the rivets on the left-hand side. And he run the, the, the trimmer down there. And cut whatever six inches, eight inches off that side, and pulled <laughs> and, and pulled the left side in. Okay. And the right side is still sick and. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and made them happy. That's right. It made Set them happy and made yeah. me happy. Yeah. Hey, if you got any questions you want to ask Terry Hurst or one of us here, feel free to, uh, uh, you know, ask that question on the done right tv page yep make sure you message us also a little bit of housekeeping as we said last week we're adding a sponsor to the program great and so if you own a business and uh, you'd like to help keep the show alive uh, please feel free to reach out to wilk egger by email it's w-i-l-k-e-g-g-e-r at donerighttv.com that's w-i-l-k-e-g-g-e-r at donerighttv.com and inquire about a spot uh, we'd love to take care of you, love to add you to the program and help support what we're doing. Uh, also, we continue to talk about the retail store here at Dunright um, on Locust Street. Um, Kelly does a great job of broadcasting racing all around the Midwest, uh, as well as home security solutions, uh, smart TV installs. Um, he kind of does it all. Feel free to check us out on DunrightTV.com or absolutely come and check us out here and we're actually this is where the studio is located on west locust right here in beautiful downtown davenport all right okay and, terry uh, and also also yeah. don't forget to like and share please like and share like and share terry uh what do you think your best moment in racing was what was the highlight was it just recently picking off that win uh you know up at mcocota speedway i i talked to uh, jeff walker called me after we had the one after we had the win at Maquoketa, and he says, you know, he says, you're going to find out that that's probably going to be your most memorable win. You know, yeah. at this age and that, uh, I won some really nice races, big races, um, but it wasn't back in the day for me, it wasn't about, it was about building cars and, nice. you know, and putting people in cars. Sure. We were in a, up at, uh, let's say Farley, and we were in a championship uh, duel with Gary Webb. Okay. And that was in my in that red slab car, okay. and that really competitive. And uh, Dan Dickey, who was a customer of mine and had a, 
similar car. And then Bennett and I'd sold him a couple of cars. He called me up on the phone. He says, hey, I crashed last night. And I says, well, how bad is it? And then he started explaining. I said, Dan, you just need to bring it. I need to look at it, but it sounds bad. And so he brought it to the shop, and that's when we were located out there in Milan. And after looking at it, I says, Dan, it's, it's not fixable. I mean, not in any time, but I'll tell you what it'll do. I says, um, we'll strip my car out. We'll put your suspension under my car, and you buy my car, and that's it. You know, you, you run that the rest of the season. Well, we're in a championship hunt with Gary Webb. Wow. My oldest boy. In fact, we were leading at the time. Yeah. You know, you know, three or four points, but whatever. And then my oldest boy walks in the shop and where's the car? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I sold it. I mean, you, my God, you did what? Where you change the hats and the businessman put the hat and on. I says, and and I, I didn't know what to say to him. I says, the only thing I can tell you, Matt, I says, do you want to race next year? Well, yeah, that's the car right there. Right there. That's that, now look at that, Pat. Is oh, that yeah, a that beautiful car? Absolutely Again, beautiful. Greg Carlson always, you know, faded in that uh, lettering on it. Uh, picking up a win up at East Moline Grove. Uh, I remember that car. Automotive still on that. It was just a beautiful, beautiful race car. So, hey, let's talk uh, about... You getting back in a race, and Terry, I'm up at, you know, Coconut Speedway, and we decided to do a uh, pit walkthrough. And I'm walking through the pits, and I looked over, and I see this TR1, and, and I said, it's got to be Terry Hurst. <laughs> and I want to tell you something. We're doing a pit walkthrough. We had 3,500 people watching that pit walkthrough, and we went over to Morris's car and interviewed him, and we're just making the rounds, going to different uh, cars in the pit that night. But... Uh, I got to tell you, I got a ton of emails uh, when I went over and talked to you. And I said to Terry Hurst, I said, now, who's driving this thing tonight? And Terry said, I haven't been in the car in 30 years. So what kind of emotions were you feeling at that moment, Terry, knowing you're going to be back behind the wheel of the car? I just hope that I was hoping I wasn't going to make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I got lucky. I did somewhat, and that, uh, but uh, it worked out okay. Now, in the heat race, you had a miss in the motor. What was going on there? Uh, Maybe actually, that was hot laps. No, it was... Actually, I, I didn't remember the miss. What happened is that car was just really set up. I had a lot of a lot of bite in the car, and yeah. it's got a lot of forward bite. And I remember trying to say, okay, I need to get in on the bottom. Right. And uh, and I did. I you know I started on the inside and got the position, got in on the bottom of that. And when I picked up the throttle, that thing just straightened the nose, and we went right to the top. Very nice. And, right. got, and the other guy, he just drove on him right on by. <laughs> so tell people the story of that, Terry. I mean, it's a car you built back in the day. Now, how do you find that car up in Minnesota? I, After we searched around here for a car and that and then found talking to the club and the cars that we had found, they said, no, you're not going to do that. And, that. and so I got really desperate. I put something on Facebook and said I was looking for a 78, 79, 80 TCB or tri, a Tri-City Bugger or even a Howl. And uh, Mike Winterman up in Dubuque, who runs uh, Chassis yeah. up there, he yeah, calls Stealth me. race cars. Right, nice. Stealth race yeah. cars. So he yeah. calls me and says, hey, I've got a guy in the shop that knows where there's one of those cars sitting. Wow. I says, you got to be kidding me. And he says, no. He says, he's going back to Minnesota, and he's going to go over and take some pictures, and he'll email you the pictures oh my gosh and he emailed me the pictures and it was, we bought it from Josie's speed shop very cool <laughs> very cool and uh and so we talked to him about it and sure went up there and bought it 
That's awesome. Now we might have a picture of that car. It was a white one with a TR1 in it, and uh, naturally one of them would be you down in Victory Lane. Uh, another one would be uh, you down in the pit area. Uh, we got a shot of you. There's, you know, again, another beautiful race car yours, Terry. Another car, uh, Mike Catherine, and there we go. Nice. All right, that was you down in the pits uh, after your win because you got the trophy. Yes, I do. So, Terry, uh, so you go up to Minnesota. Did you go up there with your uh, boys? or Matt and I uh, <laughs> borrowed a trailer. Right. And that, uh, from Bob Helm, borrowed a trailer, and we went up there and uh, talked to him. Originally, when I talked to Josie, he wanted $1,000 okay. for it. And by the time I got up to buy it, it was $2,000. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what know, the heck? And Matt says, you know, and we looked at the car and looked at the car, and he says, well, he says, he says, Dad, this isn't one you welded up. It's probably what Bobby Jackson welded up, but it, I mean, it was, it's vintage. It was the car. It was Very the cool. car. And it was on monoliths just like it is today. It was, they didn't have it on monoliths. The, he, it was set up for a spring. It was a spring car. Okay. But they had full springs underneath. That's what oh. Josie had underneath. Okay. That, that was never my plan. How long wow. had that been sitting then, Terry, if it was built in 84? He bought it. It went to somebody in, in, uh, Nebraska, and okay. Josie bought it from the guy in Nebraska, that, and, and he was going to make a nostalgia car out of it. All right, there, and that, and just you know, his his son runs midgets, and that, and he just uh, he never got it done. Wow, wow. So when you got it home, you guys probably stripped that thing down to the bare chassis, and we took it all apart and took it out and had it sandblasted, and that's after we we worked on it for probably two months, changing this and you know putting this the over it. It's a monoleaf. There we are in Victory Lane. I'm down there with you. Check that out, Pat. That's awesome. Now, Pat, that now Terry was so nonchalant about that. I mean, I, no kidding, I was so excited when I ran down those steps from the judge's stand, <laughs> I twisted my knee. And so I'm standing kind of funny there, and I limped when I walked in the night. But, uh, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things. I remember it was still bothering you Friday at Devonport. It was. Yeah. I, I, but, man, I want to get out there and, you know, talk to Terry. And that car, the picture doesn't do it justice. That thing is absolutely beautiful. It's a Terry Hearst car. It's stunning. The way they put that thing back together, it sounds awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought, I really started praying. He got down to two laps left to go, and I'm like, Lord, uh, bring him home. Well, and I think there's off. there's something special um, when you when you put your heart and soul and you build a car like that. There's something that that you have an attachment to, and no matter how many you build, you always have. There's always something that that uh, of you in that car. So I can you know I can relate we to where just, you come uh, from. Really tried that. The, we were so proud of that the red TR one, the slab car, and talked about and, and this sure. whole thing. And my son and just says you know this this just has to be on the same quality level. Very cool. And that, uh, yeah. so. I, we, we had talked earlier on about uh, Daryl Lanigan at the at the Dream finding mm -hmm. one of his last Club 29 cars and went down and picked it up. to And, and that's what he ran. It was the only Club 29 car running at the Dream last weekend. So that's very cool. Yeah. Building cars and having that experience, I you know I can attest to it. And I, I know exactly that's, where you're coming from. Yeah, that's just. So, Terry, all the tracks you ran over the years, half mile, quarter mile, three-eighths mile, what was your favorite track? That's a hard one. Um, 
I tried never to do that. Yeah. And that because then I always felt I was at a disadvantage if I rolled in there and said, well, I'm not really happy with this track or this sure. isn't my favorite track. Sure. And so I never had that. I just never did that to, to me. I just says, hey, it's okay. a racetrack. Everybody, you know, I'm, I'm here to race. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, all the traveling we did back in the day, I still love Davenport Speedway. And I, I got to tell you, I love the old Hawkeye Raceway before they tore that thing out. Man, that just uh, always had bite in that racetrack, and you'd fly like a bullet down the straightaway. That, they kept that track so wet. So yeah, wet. Multiple so grooves, wet. nice we and high there, banked. Yeah. We went there a few times. We won some shows there. We had some shows taken away from us there. <laughs> um, me and Ronnie Wheaton never got along real well. And, Sure. And then we had twin 50s out there one night, and I followed him for the first 50, and I just didn't, it was so heavy, and I just didn't have enough stagger in the car. And so I come in, and uh, Mike Clays was fitting with me at that time, helping me. And, oh, yeah, great and, help. Yeah, and he says, what do you want to do? And I says, and I think I had like five inches in it or something like that, and I said, put another three, eight inches of stagger. Wow. And, you know, something that memory's not that good, but we put a bunch more stagger. I said, I'll be fine. Don't change nothing. Just stagger it. And so I was really careful, you know, got by Ronnie, and then we had about five laps to go, and I get a blur out of my, out of my left side. And Ronnie had cut through two tire, great tires, tires. And, <laughs> and, nailed, and nailed me in the left rear. Oh, my God. And that was the end of the end. Uh, and then he came over afterward, and he wanted to apologize. And yeah, that, you know, that never works, does that it? That don't work very well. <laughs> Hey, tell me something that nobody knows about you, Terry. We're race fans. We know your race. Uh, we talked a little bit while ago uh, about your dad being a carpenter. Yes. And so one of the things people probably would know about you is you're a carpenter. Yeah, I grew up, my uncle uh, was a contractor. Okay. And, that, and my dad worked for him, was a lead carpenter. I went to work, uh, I was a junior in high school in the summertime, and I went to work for my uncle. And, that, and I remember I was getting paid 25 cents an hour. And, that, and he, did, we did, he did his own concrete. Sure. And so I got pretty decent at that. And he came to me one day and he says, well, you know, I'm making money on you. And he says, I'll pay you 75 cents when we're pouring concrete. Okay. Wow. And, that, and so, you know, I did the uh, an apprenticeship with them and uh, with the union. They got me in the union, come out there. Actually, they came out and wanted Adrian, that was my uncle, to join the union. And so part of, and he did, but part of that deal was that it, I got to go in the apprentice program. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Hey, <laughs> folks, please make sure you like and share. One more reminder, please make sure that you like and share. Uh, we're on both Facebook and also YouTube. We also have Spotify now as well as Instagram. So please feel, make sure that you, uh, that you like and share. Terry, I know there was one thing that I didn't know about you until we sat down and started talking. You actually also have not only a background in stock cars, but open wheel as well. Tell us a little bit about that. I um, joined up with a, a, a fellow by the name of Bob Zero, and he had just gotten out of the service. And uh, he had run, he came out of Kansas City, and he had had a sprint car down there. And so he didn't want to do this. He finished a season with me with the stock car, but that winter he wanted to do a sprint car. And that, and back tell you how not, not smart we were, but we, did, we didn't buy it, we built stuff. And that, and that car was so heavy, and I wanted it green, I wanted it green. Oh boy. It, that um, was taboo at the time. Oh now, yeah. what, about yeah. what year were we talking? Oh my God, that, must, that would have had to have been 
Maybe, six, yeah, six maybe in the late, 60s. Late huh? 60s. Yeah. Right. That was really taboo then, though, oh, right? Oh, man, it yeah. was. And I mean, we'd to tell you the story, and then so we're racing in Springfield, Illinois, and that little bull ring. Little Springfield. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. And I had crashed it there a couple of times. And anyway, I finally, I'd crashed it enough time and we got tabooed enough time and, uh, and got to believing on the taboo. And I remember coming back and it had a black leather interior in it and, uh, and it had a, a green stripe in it. And so we took, <laughs> I took that car off and, and I, I took paint remover and took all the green on the car, <laughs> yeah. and I even took the seat apart, took it back to the upholster, and had him take the out of the out of the upholster, and we painted it black. Yeah, and, and so we go back down to Springfield, and we're pitting there, and, and the guy comes up to me and he says, "This the first time you guys been here?" <laughs> yes, I, it is. And up yeah. until then, they wouldn't even talk to you. Oh, even talk to you. Yeah, I know. Shane and I had talked about about peanuts in the pits here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. one of those old superstitions, and we had talked about baseball earlier on in the program, and, and my coaching baseball. And I tell my my kids that I'm that I'm coaching, said the only thing that's more superstitious than baseball players are are old racers. Right. And oh, you have those they? old things that. You know, I've never raced a green car. I remember when I showed up at Knoxville, Iowa, with that green car. And, of course, at Knoxville, you've got to have a veteran driver go out and drive the car. Sure. Make sure that that, it works. Sure. And and so the only buddy that I knew there was Jerry Blundy. I had been down to his shop a couple times, so I walked up and talked to him. And and he's, man, he says, I am really tired. And I said, Jerry, I don't know anybody else. And if you don't get in the car and... And, and, and so, okay, if you bring it up here now, get in it and go out and try it. And I swear to God, it took him five minutes to even get to where he was going to get in the car, right? And oh. so he puts one foot in the car, and he's got the other foot on the ground. And this pit guy comes and says, Pappy, do you know that car is green? Oh, oh man, boy. he turned around to me and he went up once. He said, what are you doing to me? <laughs> and he absolutely just was... Absolutely upset with oh. me, bad, big time. And and uh, funny story, you talk about that, Terry. Pat has one of Jerry Blundy's right. old cars in his shop out in Cold Valley. Stories, I do. You talk oh, about my. that, Terry. Yep. I remember the first race I went to in a sprint car, and that was uh, Knoxville, Iowa, Knoxville, Illinois, and that and, and it was the first heat, and I'm in a t- in a t-shirt, uh, a, a sh- collared shirt, but short sleeves, no driving suit. And then, and uh, Blundy passed me on the inside, and Riker passed me on the outside. Wow! And I came in, I came in from that, and I says, "Look at me! I gotta be bleeding because <laughs> <laughs> I hurt so bad in the arms." And oh stuff. my gosh! I take that back. I did have a suit on because when I went back home, I took it to my wife at the time, and I says. Take this sleeve, and I want it padded all the way down oh, here. Yeah. And so she sewed padding inside the suit. Wow. And that, because, you know, back then, it was just open. You turned right. it yeah. sideways, and the third, I mean, you just got hammered. That stuff yeah. hurts. Right. That stuff hurts. Uh, you know, and, and I started racing back in 1975. You didn't have to have a fire suit. I mean, you had on wow. jeans and a T-shirt in 75. That was it. Open face helmet, and let's go. Wow. Uh, I mean, that sprint car, there were so many memories there. I remember the first sprint car race I went to, and, of course, you know, you had the goggles at that time, you know, and you just, sure. and you know, cover-ups. 
and then I didn't understand you were supposed to pull the cover ups down. You know, and then you've got them when the race right. is over. But I would be pulling them up, and, and Bob says, You're going down the straight, and you see this. this and like tear offs. Yeah, all the tear offs. And, <laughs> yeah, I, and right. I come in, and everybody else has got them hanging around the neck, and I don't have any. They're all gone. Oh, my God. And, so, and somewhere somebody said, that's a great idea. We're going right. to make them really thin and put them right on the visor. Right. Yeah, right. I like that. <laughs> I love that story. You know, uh, you know, we talk about those, uh, you know, different things that you got to watch out for. So the night you won, Terry, I'm up in the announcer stand up there at um, Coconut Speedway. It's Lucas Oil MLRA, so we got the uh, Lucas Oil people up there with me, and I'm eating a bag of peanuts. And then I shared them with a couple other guys, and that gal, the scorer from Lucas Oil, turned around. And she says, "My God, what are you doing?" And I said, I don't race anymore. I said, I'm eating peanuts. <laughs> I, I would have never ate them down in the pit area. Right. But, hey, I'm safe. I'm just That's right. This is not the pits. I don't yeah, know what, what your deal go wrong? is. I mean, the building right. collapse or what? Yeah. Uh, number 13 was another thing that people oh, were yeah. Oh, about. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. And trust me, I have some sprint car stories. We don't have time for it right oh, now. Boy. But I will. I'll throw them out there at some point. Guys, if you're watching, uh, feel free to comment, uh, ask questions um, for either one of the three of us, any one of the three of us. Also, please make sure that you like and share Facebook. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We're also on Instagram and Spotify now as well. So, Terry, what is it that made you want to race? Now, Pat's dad raced. My dad owned race cars. What got you into racing? I was going to college in Indianapolis. And you're going to what college? Uh, Lane Technical College, okay. architectural college. Yeah. And, uh, and I got to dating a girl down there, and she was all into the Indy 500. Wow. And so I cut classes for two weeks oh boy. to go out there every day. And we found out if we went out early, early, like at 8 o'clock, and we had white pants and stuff on, we'd go down and we'd sit clear down where the also rans. Yep. And then eventually they'd come out with a car, and we'd get to talking to them. And the pit guy, the, the stewards, pit stewards, they'd recognize you with those people. And then when they would go back to Gasoline Alley, we'd just go right with them. We did that for <laughs> wow. two weeks. Wow. He's and a kindred spirit. Yeah, that right. I realized that, you know, the two weaknesses that I have, both girls and racing. I know. You know My gosh. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, That's right. Everything. <laughs> You're in college, and what could possibly go wrong? Right. <laughs> so, Terry, the number TR1, where did that come from? It uh, represents Tri-City Frame and Tri-City Buggy. Okay. Uh, the first blue car that you had up there, that's what it was, TR1, and, yeah. in, and in black letters behind it said City, so it was Tri-City. Okay. And that's what it stands for. And I had a picture up there, too, of a T36 car. That was yours, wasn't it, Terry? That was mine, too. Yeah. Uh, when Mike, uh, one of the Peppers, right. Mike Clays and, and uh, Joe Peppers, okay. came and got involved in the car. And um, Mike Clays was a big fan of uh, Joe Shears, oh, which was 36. And of he course. Had, and he had worked for, for Joe up there. And so he was involved in the car and tried to make him inclusive from me trying to make them inclusive i says hey we'll just call it t36 very okay cool. all right very cool i love stories of how people come up with the the numbers on the car it seems like really interesting stories that's always involved in it uh dave walden asked did uh did you race in peoria in the early 90s uh yes i did Excellent. in fact uh I was just, I went back and looked at one of the trophies in the house, and I was trying to, before I came in, and I was trying to decide where it came from, whether it was, uh, and I think it was the mid-season or season championship at Peoria. And Excellent. that, uh, 
And I had had trouble down there a little bit, and then my boys and that started figuring out what it needed to be. And basically, they needed to take gear away from me. Yeah, and there that, you go. And we, <laughs> uh, we learned. I learned down there that it was really hard to pass. But if I would follow them, if I would go in on the outside of them and make sure that I was right on them, and we had enough bite in the corner net that I could take the top away from them coming off. And yep. that's how I passed. And Very I'm nice. going to tell you, we got, I got onto that plan, and it, it really worked. It worked. It, it worked down there. Very Just cool. And, yeah. and I think half the drivers down there were named uh, Struby. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah, there's yeah. always some good racing down there. Uh, Dave said he was actually a flagman in Peoria in the early 90s. Also, Jeff Snyder commented that uh, it was fun racing with you at Maquoketa the other night. So oh. uh, thanks for watching, and thanks for the comments as well. Sure. Hey, I'm going to give a plug to that club, too. That's the uh, Nostalgic Stock Car Racing Club. So if you uh, want to know the rules or want any information on that club, get a hold of Mark Clays on Facebook, and Mark can get you hooked up with the rules and all the information uh, you need because it's a real neat club. It really it is. is. And that, it, uh, it, I remember when I got originally talked to Mark about getting into it. I, of course, my cars were always light stuff. I, I just was always the light guy. And that, uh, I think one of the cars I raced back in the 60s and that had only weighed 1,800 pounds. <laughs> wow. In for, the wow. 60s. In the 60s. Wow. For, wow. That's know. a huge advantage, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, and in fact, I was racing with Ed Sanger one night. And then a lot of, and it was at Dubuque, and there was a lot of flags, little red flags. And so... And I'm out of the car, you know, and, and uh, these guys were all in 3,500-pound cars, 3,000, all big blocks. And I'm, I'm complaining to Ed. I'm saying, I'm just having a heck of a time, you know, keeping up on these restarts. I lose two, three positions. And he says, I'm going to tell you, you've got a lot of people scratching their heads here because they don't understand how you're doing this with a small block. Yeah. And that, but that's what it was. It was weight. Weight know. versus horsepower. Oh, man. That was something I learned that from car, my father back in the yep. day. That, that car was really special. I wished I would have figured out why it was so special. The slicker it got, the faster that car would go. Just unbelievable. But right. isn't that the truth, Terry? I mean, you built a lot of race cars over the years. You could have a lot of the cars come off the same jig, and you had a magic one out of the bunch. Yeah, it's, you know, some of them are that way. You know, I mean, you just, um, who can say why? Yeah. You know, uh, some of them are really special. Maybe you take more pains with them. I don't know. I know it was probably 1975, 76 around there. I was at a uh, big race I had up Makokata, and Mike Nafnager and Dwayne Staffy were up there. They were driving from Oregon Trucking. Mm -hmm. So they had the two white cars with the orange 72 and 77. Well, Steffi goes out there. There's, everybody's running big blocks back then, and he puts it on him. And I remember going down in the pits after the races, and he had the hood off that car, and it was a small block, and it really – that trend started to happen then About where them, people right. are saying, hey, let's get rid of the weight off the front of the car, run this small block, and, uh, you know, the rest uh, it, was history. It, it was a whole system. It couldn't just be weight off the front. It had to be everywhere. You yeah. just really had to think you had to be weight conscious. Right. Know? But, uh, yeah, that car, 1,800 pounds, 1,850, it was just really before its time. All right. Very cool. I love good stories like that. Well, hey, Pat, looks like uh, we're winding down on the show right here. Yes, we are. Uh, you got yep. another uh, ad? I do. Once again, thank you for Dunright TV um, and all the amazing support for all of your television, internet, video production needs, smart life and smart security specialist needs. Call the people who are going to get it done and get it done right the first time. Again, their number is 563 
355-7490 at DunrightTV.com. The store location is 1414 West Locust Street here, right here in beautiful downtown Davenport. Uh, well, not downtown, but right here in beautiful Davenport. Beautiful Davenport, That's yeah. That's right. Right on the way to Davenport Speedway, right on Locust That's right, Street. That's right, right Street. by us. Terry, uh, we're about ready to wrap this thing up. Do you have anything in closing you want to say to your pit crew, your family? Uh, I mean, 77 years old, you've been around this game a long time. Long time. Uh, I've never, one thing I did want to get out, I've never had a sponsor until this TR1 car. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. I never had a sponsor. And my son says, you know, we were doing something, we needed some body panels or something like that. And and he says, well, you need to call Scott Braun. You know, and I did. I mean, I put it off for a week, and I knew that he was going to come home from work and ask me if I'd called Scott. Yeah. And so I called him, and I, you know, and I raced with him at Dubuque. Sure. Or not Dubuque, Farley. Right. And uh, I says, you know, I could really use some help. And I'm going to tell you, he says, yeah, I'd be willing to do that for you. Um, unbelievable. I and you've got a performance body uh, parts shirt on and, and a hat. You yeah, nice. So if you need body panels, you need to go Bad see Scott Brown. Body, oh, body panels, and then he called a couple of his suppliers. I've got quick shafts in the car, and, wow. they, and they stepped up, and it Very was cool. just but, And I told him, I, I, we were up there for like three and a half hours. He just okay. treated me like, like one of the kids. You know? yeah. That's fantastic. And, uh, well, you know what, Terry, believe it or not, uh, you know, you're one of the legends of racing around here. I mean, I put you up there with Gary Webb, Roger Dolan, Ronnie Whedon. You know, the list just goes on and on because uh, uh, you've earned that. You know, respect something that's got to be earned. They don't give that stuff away. Well, and if you're in this game long enough, uh, you know, you have earned it, Terry. You really I appreciate have. it. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, quick shout out to see Jeremiah Hurst uh, is watching and shout out to the uh, 41 team. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah now uh, won a championship last year in Lucas right. Oil, uh, MLRA. Uh, he's got that thing humming pretty good right now. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Garrett Albertson's got the, uh, the other Dunright TV car humming pretty good. So Make a lethal combination. They kind do. A one-two punch. All right. Well, hey, want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, and thanks for uh, checking out Terry Hurst and Pat and I, and please uh, share this show. After we go off the air, you can share it. You can put it on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, hit the like button. Uh, it'll help us out a lot. Uh, this is Shane Davis saying God bless each and every one of you out there. And Pat, we'll be seeing them around the track. Look forward to it. All right. Good night. <laughs>